Oh my goodness. Before we get into the show, I have some really exciting news to share with you. My people, my lovers, my Dates and Mates listeners, you are the first ones to get this news that F the Fairy Tale, my new book, is now available for pre-order. And of course, I want you all to get the book so that you can see what I've been working so hard on the last two years to create for you. But I also, I love a deal. <laughs> I love those steals and deals. And I wanted to also tell you that my publisher, Hachette and Seal Press, are doing a special, extra early, extra big bonus Black Friday deal. So if you go to fthefairytalebook.com, that'll take you right to the Seal Press site where you will get 25% off and free shipping for orders over 25 bucks now through November 28th. This is, I promise you, the very best deal that you will get on F the Fairy Tale between now and the end of time, more than likely. Okay, maybe not the end of time, but this is the best deal that you're going to get on the book. If you pre-order it now at fthefairytalebook.com, when the book is out on January 2nd, you'll get that copy in your hot little hands and you will know that you saved 25%. But if you're getting such a deal, you might as well just buy a copy for your friend as well. You know you have a single friend who could definitely use this book and you kind of want to tell them like, hey, you could use a little help with dating, but I don't want to be so obvious with it. So let me give you this gift and let me make it so easy for you to give this gift by giving you 25% off. If you go to fthefairytalebook.com, you can get the book at the lowest rate. And by the way, keep your receipt because I'm going to be announcing very soon something special is going to be happening for those who pre-order the book now. So that's my hot tip for the day. And now on with the show. Does this mean it's over? Does this mean he likes me? Are butterflies good? Am I ever going to meet someone? I'm tired of swiping. Am, Am I, I normal? normal? So this has to be a very deliberate choice that you are stepping into dating. You can keep waiting for the fairy tale or you can get on board with the new rules of relationships. If you've read my Date Lab articles in the Washington Post, then you know this ain't your mama's love advice. This is Dates and Mates with Demona Hoffman. Hello, lovers. Welcome to another insightful All Dear Demona episode of Dates and Mates. I want to welcome in those of you who may have seen my first segment of the Drew Barrymore show of this season. I have been on the show since season one. I'm one of the OG Drew crewers, but it's always exciting to come back fresh for a new season and see the new segments that the producers have cooked up. So I got to do a really cool girl talk segment on the most ridiculously sized oversized couch. <laughs> it was like this giant white couch that literally halfway through the segment, the producer came over to me and she was like, Damona, we're losing you in the cut. Because I was like falling in the middle of the, the in between the cushions. And they almost had to pull me out of it. But uh, I got to work with Tiff Barra from Street Hearts. If you've seen that on TikTok, very funny dating show and also comedian Hannah Burner. And we answered questions from the audience. And then we even went to the confession cushion. So... Welcome if you found me through the Drew Barrymore show. 
Welcome back. If you found me, you're like, Demona, I've been here 11 seasons. I've been in it. My labor of love is helping you all answer your love dilemma. So whether it's happening on Drew or whether it's happening right here on Dates and Mates, this is my life's work. And we have a lot to tackle today. Back by popular demand. Y'all loved that uh, Halloween dating horror stories episode this year. And this is the first time we had producer Lindsay on the mic. And so I was like, girl, you got to come back for Dear Demona and answer the questions. Producer Lindsay, how you doing? I'm doing well. I'm ready to read some questions and maybe pick up a few gems myself. Mm, you ready for this cuffing season situation? <laughs> as ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> it is officially cuffing season now. There's some debate on whether it starts at the beginning of the fall or whether it starts after Halloween. I, that's what I've heard is like the most official start of cuffing season is post Halloween. So we're in it. We're in it and we have a lot of questions. We're going to be talking about what to do with the new here members that pop up in your dating profiles. We'll answer, should I wait for someone who says they aren't ready to commit? We'll answer for the single moms how to date without a babysitter. And we'll talk about how you can let go of your ex and move on in your dating journey and so much more. Producer Lindsay is here. I am here and I am ready to kick it off with Dear Demona. Dear Demona. Demona, help me. Our first question comes to us in an Instagram DM from a listener we'll call M. Hi, Demona. What's the best way to handle guys you are not interested in? I swipe left and the next day they show up again in my list as a new here member. I have several repeat offenders that are constantly liking my profile as a new here member. It seems they may be signing up with new accounts every few days just to recirculate the profile pool. It's really disturbing. All right. Um, there's something that is a dirty little secret of online dating that I'm just going to give it to you straight. No chaser. These are bots. These are bots. These are scammers. These are um, people that are going to try to get to you any way they can. So what can you do to mitigate this? To be honest with you, not that much. You can block and report because that is technically also against the rules for them to just be continuing to close and open new accounts. Is it going to stop this practice from happening? Probably not. But it's going to help the dating apps to get better at policing this because they just get a new IP address and I'm, I'm not going to get all nerdy into tech. And it's not that hard for them to get around the safeguards. Obviously, safeguards are in place in the dating apps to keep people from doing this. You know, where there's a will, there's a way. So... I would not worry about it too much and kind of reframe the way that you're seeing it instead of a like, oh, here's this guy again chasing me down as like, oh, this is this is just an obstacle in the way. I'm just going to move it out of the way and then I can go through it. We're all going to find something that we don't like on a dating app. We're all going to find some behavior, some profile, some pattern that is like, boo. But I just caution you to not throw out the baby with the bathwater. Gosh, when you think about that analogy, that's that's pretty dark, isn't it? <laughs> baby and bathwater. But don't do it because that's, that's essentially what you're doing if you're like, oh, here comes this 
new here member again. Now, I do like the new here member idea that like you get to see the fresh people. That's why they continue to come up. But I guarantee you, M, if you took one of those photos and you put it in a Google image, reverse image search, that's going to come up with different names and you're going to find that that image has been stolen. And that's it's just 100 percent a catfish or bot situation. So let's move it aside, move the obstacle out of the way so that you can move forward. If you see it consistently on a particular dating app, please, for the love of all that is holy, just change your dating app. But don't say, well, I don't want to do online dating. Not that you're saying that, but people will do that. Just say, okay, this is not the app for me. Let me try a different a different app. Or let me go into an app where like maybe you want to use an app like Bumble where you have to do the choosing first. You have to send the first message. And that may reduce the amount of looky-loos and tire kickers and bots and AI whatever is out there today that you're getting that's keeping you from being able to find your person. Our second question comes to us also in an Instagram DM from a listener we'll call L. I'm wondering if you're able to address the topic of how to not date bad people. I seem to be a magnet for psychopaths and narcissists, and although I am getting better at identifying them earlier, I've been in a number of very scary situations. How can I avoid these people to begin with? Thank you. Well, this is serious, L. When you use the word very scary situations, I I get very concerned. So I'm curious what that means, like psychopaths, narcissists. If you are ever in a situation where you feel like you are physically in danger, you need an exit strategy immediately and plan it before you get to the date. Like I remember I actually I had a date where I couldn't put my finger on it. I don't know why. I'd been on three dates with this guy. He kept asking me to go back to his place. You know what I mean? And every time he asked me just and I thought he was really cute. We had a great conversation. Every time he would ask me like, hey, well, do you want to come hang out at my house? I was like, no, like it, it came from in my soul. And I don't even know why, but my gut was so tuned in to the fact that this person did not feel safe to me. And I went on three dates with this person. So it was something that would not go away. Now, I don't I didn't get to the end of that story. I don't know what would have happened if I went home with him. But my gut really told me that this person was not right. So it's never your fault if you end up in a scary situation. But I would game plan before, especially if you know that you have this pattern of maybe being unable to read some of those signs where you have shared your location with a friend and you've told them that you're going to call them when you get home and you've informed the person that you're meeting in a public place that you're already familiar with. You've told them that you have somewhere to be after somebody, you know, is that's looking out for you so that they know no funny business here. So I know this has gotten like very serious very quickly, <laughs> but when you say very scary situation, I take that very seriously. Now, 
rolling it back to psychopaths and narcissists. I also just want to be careful about labeling or diagnosing people. You get the good fortune of that not being your job. You don't have to do that. Now you can say, I feel that this person is not very thoughtful. You can say, I don't understand this person. But it doesn't really do you any good to label another person with psychopathic or narcissistic labels. But when you repeat that, when you tell me that you seem to be a magnet for it, I think about mindset. And that's where I begin all of my clients with their dating journey. What is the predominant belief that you have? What is the phrase that you repeat to yourself again and again about why you haven't found your person? And there's a part of me that's thinking if you are telling yourself you're a magnet for psychopaths and narcissists, that guess what you get to be? A magnet for psychopaths and narcissists. Our, our words make our reality and steer our actions. And so then when you see those tendencies that actually may be red flags for you, that's actually when you get the butterflies and you feel the chemistry because it's triggering that familiar place. And this is, you know, in a, on a subconscious level. We're not even aware of it. So first, what I would do is to stop repeating that phrase, that you're a magnet for psychopaths and narcissists. No, I am attracting healthy, mindful, thoughtful people everywhere I go. That's the first step. And I know it may sound corny. It may sound like woo-woo, but it's not. It's actually part of how we program our brain to see what we want to see and to reject what we don't want to have in our life any longer. Now I'm going to give you a little bit of homework. I want you to go back through your past dates with the people that you would label with these words. I'm actually not even going to repeat them because I don't want to keep reinforcing them. I want you to go back through these past relationships and these past dating situations. And I want you to look for the patterns, the similarities, not like, oh, well, they were both blonde. No. I want you to look for, well, there was that moment when I started to feel uncomfortable, or I didn't like how he was talking to the waitstaff, or it was strange the way he did this. I want you to make a list of those moments where you got a window into who that person was. And maybe it's something that's not even obvious, like they had bad behavior. Maybe it's something where it was like, they were too effusive. They were love bombing you. They were too charismatic. They were too over the top. They were too enthusiastic. But look for the patterns. And I bet if you write this down and you look at person A, person B, person C, you'll start to see what some of those common threads were that you were reading as interest and attraction and, and excitement that were actually your nervous system telling you, Oh, no, I know this. I know this. We don't want this. My heart rate is going up. My heart rate is racing. That's that's not excitement. That's fear. They're so close together. So many of these emotions are so close together that it's hard to read. So what we need to do first is really just assess what was going on 
previously so that then we can change the beliefs, the choices, and the outcomes for you in the future. If you want to send me any more info about these situations, I would love to get more granular on a future episode. We can even do a deeper dive, but very good question, very serious question, and I hope my answer helps you to feel a little bit more empowered and a little bit safer in your dating life. Our next question comes to us in an Instagram DM from Donna. Hi, Demona. I'm a big fan of your show. I've been widowed for six years, dating for three. I used a matchmaker at first, but I've recently entered the world of online dating. I actually love OkCupid. It's a great app for me. I recently met a man that I really like. We went out and hit it off, but on the first date, he revealed to me that he has herpes. I am unsure about continuing our relationship. I am crazy attracted to him, and he seems like a good person. It's so early on in the relationship. I'm leaning towards ending it, though. Should I find more out about it and continue, or realize that this could just be one of my deal breakers? Honestly, the thought of dealing with it stresses me out. Well, Donna, thank you so much for listening to the show. I'm sorry for your loss, and I'm glad to hear that you have found the strength to be able to get back out there and know that you can find love again. Our heart just expands. We can love many people, and you can hold space for your husband who you lost, and you can make new connections. Now on to answering your question, because I think it's a really important one for so many daters today. We do get anxiety when we think about STIs, when we think about, well, just the overall risk of dating again. But there is inherent risk in dating. And there is inherent risk, I guess, in dating someone with an STI. But I hope to reframe this for you because there are a lot of people out here dating with STIs who are not as forthcoming about their sexual health status as this person that you're dating is. So the, here's the stats. Here's the reality. About 12% of people, 18 to 49, have herpes. I found this statistic to be very interesting because I couldn't find any stats on individuals over 50. And I think that is because while STIs are growing at unprecedented rates in the 50 plus demographic, thanks to high online dating, not because of online dating, but because online dating makes dating available to people who previously didn't have as many dating options. And a lot of times people then assume, well, if I had an STI, then I probably would have known about it, right? So testing rates are much lower in people over 50. So I think that's why we're not getting a number there. But what I do know, based on the other STI numbers and the rise in STIs, is that that number's going up. And actually, that number is pretty high. And I also know that you got herpes, you have HSV2, you got that for life. So they may have had it for a long time, been living with it, and especially if they were with the same partner for a long time, didn't even know. So those are the facts. But let's deal with the feelings now, Donna, because I know it wouldn't be helpful for me to just say, like, don't be anxious about it, Donna, because there's ways to handle this. Because 
you're going to feel anxious probably either way. Media, our parents, just the unknown. There's so much about STIs that makes us feel scared and worried. But the reality is that a lot of STIs today are treatable and that usually if someone knows their STI status, including with herpes, they know ways to mitigate the risk for you. So in no way would I say that someone having any STI, especially herpes, knowing that there's 12% of the population who has it, whether they're telling you or not, I don't think it's a good reason to walk away. I think it's something to educate yourself on, like not having skin-to-skin contact while they're having a flare-up, things like using protection. There are things to educate yourself about in terms of your own sexual health and wellness with this person or with anyone, but it is in no way a reason to say, I'm just going to throw in the towel. This isn't working. I'm going to end it. Because especially if he revealed it to you, that takes a lot of courage. There's so much stigma around STIs in our culture today. So the fact that that person felt an obligation and also a level of comfort to share that with you, I think actually should be rewarded and not something to cause you fear, not something to walk away from. The first thing and the most valuable thing is finding someone who can be truthful and honest with you, someone you connect with, someone that you feel attracted to, that you feel heard and seen by. And that is not something to throw away just based on their STI status. We have more questions here in our Dear Demona grab bag. But before we move on to our next questions, lovers, we got to take a quick break. And in this quick break, you're going to hear from some of our sponsors who help me bring this show to you absolutely free. So give them a listen. Give them some support. Give them some love if you like what you hear. Stick around. We are back. I'm here with producer Lindsay reading our grab bag of Dear Demona questions. Our next question comes to us again on Instagram. Instagram is really coming through with the questions lately. Uh, This one comes to us from a listener named Rose. Dear Demona, I am 45 and single. I am currently struggling with dating. I recently realized when I am interested in a man that I will go overboard with affection in order to show them how I like to receive affection. When their actions do not line up with my expectations for interest or the affection that I want, I start to question the whole relationship. Currently, I'm in a situation where I've done everything he's mentioned that he needs to feel safe, but I don't feel like I'm getting the same in return. He told me that I want full relationship interest and affection and that he isn't there yet. He said he's open to a relationship with me, but doesn't want to be locked down just yet. In my new understanding of myself, I've taken a step back to allow him to show me how he shows interest, but now I'm getting nothing. No flirting, no cute texts. We haven't even seen each other in over two weeks. Should I save my heart and run? Your thoughts are greatly appreciated. Oh, Rose, I want this for you so badly. But I'm just going to give it to you straight. If you see a change in communication, first of all, like you haven't seen each other in two weeks, that is not a great sign. But, but I'm not sure that there's a prize here that you're giving up because I want you to be loved, adored, 
I want you to have that full relationship interest affection, right? That's what you want. And the fact that he's like open to a relationship, but he doesn't want to be locked down, that's language to me that says not emotionally available. And it's, it is disappointing when you put your investment into someone and you have the hope that it's going to work out. And you have even, you said, expectation that it's going to work out. And this person comes and feeds you this, this line of crap. <laughs> yeah, it's frustrating. But would it be more frustrating to pour more of your heart and affection into this person and end up in the same place after he's explored this openness to being in a relationship with you for another three months to come to the conclusion that he still doesn't want to be locked down yet. Because you know, you know, Rose, this is where this is where this is likely headed. Now, what we can learn from this is that you have a lot of power. And what I really try to do on this show is to remind people that we do have control over our love lives, much more than we give ourselves credit for. So many times we think it's either going to happen or it's not by magic. And that's simply not true. If you are aligned in all of the dating loops, you've got the mindset, you've got the sourcing, you're finding the dates, you're screening through them, you're showing up on the dates right, and you are following through, then the steps work if you work them. But if you contort yourself into knots to try to earn affection from another person, you are setting yourself up for disappointment. You are loading your expectations only to have them say, oh, thank you so much. I love all this affection. This, this looks great on me. I, I feel great. This is wonderful. I'm going to take this and I'm going to leave. I'm going to take my things and walk away with it. Not realizing that it's an exchange. Like, I am so proud of you for saying what you wanted in a relationship. You clearly did that. And that actually got you an outcome. It got him pulling away and not seeing you for two weeks and not giving you the cute text. But actually, I want to reframe for you that this is a good thing because you found that confidence. You leaned into your power to say what you needed. And this person said, I can't do it. I can't do that. So I am going to bow out. And what does that space create? It creates room for the person that is going to come to the table, ready for a relationship as a whole person, able to meet your needs, able to communicate back with you, and able to meet your expectations, it creates the space for them to come in. Because if this person is going to take all of that love and affection from you and not give you back what you need in return, there's no space for someone else to enter. And I say this, some people have heard this story before. I say this from the other side of a situation like this, Rose. I was in this four-year on-again, off-again situationship. I'm not, it was like kind of a relationship. I don't know. It really was undefined, very intense, very confusing, 
very much an emotional roller coaster. And I found the confidence like you did to say, hey, this is what I really need this to be. What's happening right now is not working for me. So it's either got to be at this level or not. And I need to know. And that was one of the hardest things I have ever done because it was a risk. And I knew that there was a chance that he would say, no, I can't give you that. And guess what? He said, no, I can't give you that. But then I felt so empowered. I felt like, okay, I have clarity now. I know what I need to do. I don't have to spend four years as a lady in waiting on the hook. And three months later, I met my husband. And I've never had to have such an emotionally charged, frightening conversation with him because I never have had to guess with my husband. I've never had to ask the questions. I've never been in that mental state of wondering and waiting and should I or won't I or could I. We just talk about it. And he meets me where I'm at and I get to ask what he needs and I get to meet him where he's at. And that is a healthy relationship. And that is what is waiting for you on the other side of this situation. So congratulations, actually. I know it doesn't feel like that, but you got to hear from me that this is actually a yay, I'm proud of you moment. And now you have the reins to be able to steer yourself wherever you want to go from here. The choice is up to you. Our next question, also from Instagram. We should just call this Instagram Dear Demona. Uh, this is a DM from a listener called M. Hello. Can you please tell me the best way to online date as a single mother? How do I convey to other singles in my online profile that my child and I come as a package and that I don't have babysitting options such as family or ex-partners? And how can I do it all without seeming too pushy or needy? As a mom, I understand that your kids come first, right? And I think most matches understand that. But I do feel like sometimes single moms lead with that. They're like, just so you know, my kid comes first, right? Just so you know. I just want to make sure we're on the same page. And things like babysitting options, family, ex-partners, those are really backstory. That's just like, that's your stuff. And I get that it is a huge challenge because, honey, you need a support system. I'm barely making it, y'all, with two kids and a husband. Single moms, I literally am bowing down. I am on my knees praising you at your feet because it is so hard to be present for your kids and also to be available for other things in your life, for your friends, for your work, let alone for dates. So this has to be a very deliberate choice that you are stepping into dating and creating the space for it. And if you are doing that, then you figure out those other questions of babysitting options. You find maybe there's another single mom buddy and you guys do like a babysitting share I used to be in this mom's club when my daughter was really little and I didn't have family nearby to babysit. Everybody got like popsicle sticks. I don't even know. 
you don't need popsicle sticks for this. I, I guess we just had popsicle sticks lying around because we were moms. And <laughs> we would, everyone would get three popsicle sticks and you could trade your popsicle sticks for babysitting with other people. And once your three popsicle sticks were used up, that was it. But if you were babysitting for other people, you got more popsicle sticks and you could get into like a popsicle stick, <laughs> single mom babysitting ring. That's really what I'm promoting here. <laughs> but you got to find that support system both for dating and just for you to have self-care time, time for you to even get clear on what you're looking for in this match. So once you set that up, that's just a given. If you're on the app, you got to make time to make that person who's potentially coming into your life feel like there's space in your life for them. And this goes for anyone, whether you're a single mom or not. This is one of the biggest challenges that I run into. When you have your life set, you have your social circle set, you have your activities set, and then you're like, okay, well, I can see this person Tuesday at 2.30, between 2.30 and 3.30. And that is it. And if they are not available, then they can just step off. <laughs> they don't really care about me. They're not really putting in the work. We're not going to do that, okay, Em? We're going to create the space. We're, and not, I'll create the space when I meet them. When I meet them, I'll figure it out. No, create the space now. Because if you don't create the space, when you meet that person, they're going to feel like, oh, they're like it's like getting into an elevator that's already really crowded. And you're just like, oh, oh, no. You know what? Like, oh, sure. People would have moved. People would have moved back or moved to the side and you could have gotten in. But you're like, eh, it's, it's already looking really crowded. You know what? I'll just take the next one. It's fine. I'll take the next one. You see what I'm saying? So you want to be like an empty elevator or an, an elevator that's just maybe only has one or two other people in it. Okay. So when you are online and you're thinking about how do I message this out, say, I have an empty elevator car. No, don't say that. And you have to disclose that you're a single mom, but you can't make the profile all about this. And I tested this a little bit with a client recently who was a single mom by choice. And I was like, she's so passionate about her kid and about the life that she's building. And I was like, I want to celebrate that. I want to celebrate that with her. I want to put that on her profile. Here's the problem. When we even mention it on the profile, I feel like it was a block to push people away. So we check the box that's like, parent, yes. Yes, and have want more? Yes, and not sure? Yes, just check the box. Do we have pictures of our kids? No. Do we do we make our profile about our kids? No. And even though it's a really big part of your life, if you want that other person to see you as a desirable sexual being who is going to be able to open their heart and expand their heart to have enough love for them as well, we have to create the space beginning with the profile for them to see you in that way and for them to come into your life. Sure, when you're on the date, like, yeah, I have a kid and maybe a couple sentences, but the date cannot be all about your kid. You may have to practice. And again, I'm a mom, so I get it. Like, this is 90% of your life, right? Practice other stories, talk about other things. I actually make this rule when I go out with my girlfriends who are moms. I'll, I'll, I'll say like, oh, we can't talk about kids until eight o'clock. <laughs> like I'll say we can, we can talk about any other topic, 
we can't talk about the kids until eight o'clock. <laughs> so kind of gamify it for yourself so that just think of it as I'm creating space for this person to arrive. That's how you do it without seeming pushy or needy. Because what are you pushing? What are you pushing for? What do you need? You don't need anything. Your life is full. You have, you have a child. You have, you have a life that is already thriving. You don't need anything. You don't need this partner. But it would be nice. And wouldn't it enhance your life and enhance theirs to be able to create something together as two completely whole people? Wouldn't that be wonderful? That is the mindset that you need to adopt, and that is the place that I want you to write your dating profile from. Y'all, I would love to continue answering questions. We have so many more, but we are bringing back Dear Demona every week in Dates and Mates. So you will hear your questions answered at the end of every episode going forward. But this has been such a delight, such a treat to hear what's really on your mind. This was episode 482 of Dates and Mates. I just want to thank everyone who submitted questions and who trusted me with their hearts today. If you submitted a question that wasn't answered, don't worry. We will get to it in a future Dear Demona. The DMs are always open at Demona Hoffman on X, on Facebook, on Instagram. I'm also on TikTok. I'm trying, y'all. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm also in a growth mindset, as I always encourage you to be. And I also love getting phone calls and voice memos from you. So you can call me or text me at 424-246-6255. And lovers, don't forget about that early bird Black Friday deal at fthefairytalebook.com. Get your 25% off. Hang on to that receipt and tune in next week so you can find out that exciting update for those who pre-order F the Fairy Tale. The link is in the show notes. We'll be back again next Tuesday with the founder of the Clara for Daters app. It's not a dating app, y'all. It's actually a date tracking app, and it's amazing. I can't wait for you to hear from the founder, Jillian Romero Chavez, who will talk about dating with intention. Until next week, I wish you happy dating.